Welcome to the Keyforge Premier League podcast, where we will focus on the people of the community that are contributing to the growth of our sport. Get inside perspectives on the reasons they play Keyforge, what they think about the community, and various other sidebars and hijinks. Be sure to go to the website, www.keyforgepremierleague.com, to find everything you need to know to get started on your path to the top. Thank you again for tuning into the podcast. And if you have any inputs or requests, please reach out to us at keyforgepremierleague at gmail.com. And we will do our best to represent the demand of the player base. The Keyforge Premier League is by the community for the community. Welcome to another episode of Keyforge Premier League Weekly. This is Jupiter Secretary from Manlius, New York, and I just wanted to give you an update on some of the information that you'll hear in this podcast. But we have mentioned the holiday triad treat event that we're running on December 5th, um, a Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern with a $10 entry. Um, we do have top eight, the top eight slots where we'll get cash prizes. Um, and uh, we'll have a random giveaway of a $75 luxurious playstyle gift card. Um, no heart of the force in this event, um, and it is basically best of one triad, which means that you get to bring three decks. Your opponent bans one. You pick one of the two and play. Uh, winner takes all. Best of one, basically between the two decks that get chosen by the two people. So um, I know there's some questions about that, but the great news is, and the updated news is, that we are giving, um, we are we found people to support our cause of Doctors Without Borders, like we have a charity that we just picked out and we found people to match us. So for every person who enters with a $10 entry fee, we are now up to a 10 for 10 match. So for every $10, for every $10 we collect from every entry that we get, um, that means that there are people matching up to $10 that we're gonna basically donate to Doctors Without Borders to fight the COVID um, disease that is uh, running abundant in the world at this point. So 10 for 10. So every $10, every person that comes in now will get uh, basically $10 donated by them. So if we went by last, uh, our last entry, we had 89 people that would have been $890 raised. So the goal here <coughs> is to, excuse me, is to maybe push 100 people that would be wonderful um, 120 people would even be for greater but uh whatever you guys do that's how much we're going to be able to donate to doctors without borders towards this covid cause and uh, trying to get us through this mess of a, of a year that we've been in so thanks for listening and i hope you enjoy the podcast and welcome to Keyforge premier League Weekly with Jupiter Sacadura from Menlius, New York, as always. And then I have with me back Draxor, and we are going to talk about some decks. He has had an idea for a show, so he's kind of the driving point behind this one, and I get to have some fun and basically react to the things he came up with. But let's see how this goes. So he'll say hello, Draxor, and tell people what we're about to get into here. Hey, hey, yep, Drascor here. Yeah, and you, you know, it's, uh, it's funny because... Uh, You've said Dracor and Drazcor. I get that all the time, right? Like people switch back and forth. <laughs> I think I should pick a better name that people can actually pronounce. <laughs> I've had this problem. Drazcor. I've had this problem since I created this name for my Warhammer Fantasy Dwarven General back in like junior high or something that's where the name came from well um, i'm 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 old i'm old and half dyslexic so you can't really go go off of my naming things like i just uh, read it and a lot go with yeah <laughs> a lot of people do it a lot of people do it anywho anywho we're gonna have some fun talking about decks today yeah but before we get into that let me uh 
let me poke a quick uh, promo here, but uh, we have another uh, tournament coming up on December 5th. Uh, and the cool thing about this tournament is it is going to, again, be $10 to enter. Uh, last last month we had 89 people, which was ridiculously awesome for the first try. Um, but this month we're trying to get more. Um, so the, my, my, uh, my gift limit, like where I'm going to put in another $50 to the store limit, is at 100 people. Um, we're hoping to get more because this is the season of giving, and we have decided to basically find sponsorship. And we have found sponsorship to basically price match per person um, up to $9 and I think we're at $9 and 30 cents or $9 and 20 cents now. I can't remember, maybe 9.70 even. Like I don't remember quite where it is, but it's over $9. And uh, we are basically saying that for every participant that comes in, there's somebody that's gonna back that person and they're gonna donate to our charity, which the charity that we've picked out is Doctors Without Borders. Um, and that is, you know, to the COVID relief uh, part of that. So um, we thought that would be a good idea. So we're already over nine, I think it's 9.70. I wanna say it's 9.70 is where we're at with that, but uh, I don't have it quick to pull up right here. I guess I could pull it up, but that's just a spot. So um, check it out um, on the streams and stuff that I do. You'll There's a poster for it that will be up that you can see and stuff. And again, you can go get all your details at HTTPS colon backspace or backslash backslash www.crazykillingmachine.co.uk um, and go to the KFPL section under tournaments and all the fill outs and registrations and any questions you have can be answered there. So um, do that. But uh, okay, back to the show. Uh, that was the pitch for the uh, for the, uh, the upcoming yeah. tournament. I'm looking forward to that event. I, uh, I just from scheduling, I wasn't able to make the one last month, so I I already put this next one on the calendar so I can awesome. get a good shot of being able to work it out with the family and be there. Yeah, awesome. Because I thought the event went really well, and uh, it seemed like people were very excited. Yeah. And the uh, competition that we saw was amazing, even for only being mass mu mass mutations. Like there was a lot of really good decks and a lot of good players. So, um, mm -hmm. trying to do that monthly—that's our, our monthly goal. First of the month, every uh, first Saturday of the month, I think, is what we're shooting for. Um, I'm not the tournament committee. I don't make these plans anymore. So um, that's one stress less for me. But Z is the—if uh, you have inputs, Z and Carl are the two main driving forces there. So. Uh, hit them up with uh, all the questions that you could throw at them. Um, they'd be more than glad to uh, get in touch with you about that stuff. Um, and again, we'll just go back into the show then. Uh, all right, so the first deck that you wanted to talk about is one called Hippo Primeton Growth Midwife. So mm -hmm. say your spiel and then ask me. Well, so, so actually, let's let's set up a little bit as to, to why why these decks. Like, I, I, there's four decks here on the list. Why in the world did I pick these four decks? So, um, so these are actually the four decks that I bought from the KFPL store. Like way back in the beginning, uh, Jupiter, when you when you sent out, hey, we want to try to support the prize pool. Mm -hmm. And uh, back then, I think it was just every deck on on the store is thirty bucks. And um, and well, two things. One, I wanted to support KFPL. I thought it was a really cool idea. I wanted to 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 jump in and and throw some money this way. Plus, I love just going through decks that are you know relatively inexpensive and trying to find the ones that I think have a um, either a decent shot at outperforming that price point or are just a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So from the set. These are the four I picked. 
Yeah, and the thing is with me is like I have so many decks that I open and put up that like when I put random prices on things, they're pretty random. So anytime mm -hmm. anytime you want something, you can negotiate with me like uh, if you want to take the time. And I'm usually pretty reasonable if you're reasonable. Like certain level decks, certain decks are above the level of, of certain price points and others are like right on that price point. And most of the time, like if it's a lower SAS, I usually don't even look at it that heavy. So I'm guessing there's a lot of good deals to be found between 60 and 70 SAS decks that uh, I just don't have the time to like really put my looks at so um it'll be yeah. interesting it'll be interesting to see what you did but uh yeah go ahead let's let, yeah let's uh let's get your your caps and then uh you can try to stump me or ask me the questions of sure. what I think. <laughs> yeah 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 and i guess the the um the, the other thing we thought we'd do is is play a little bit of game and listener you can you can play along as well as as i go through these decks you can try to figure out now that i've played them I haven't played any of them like a huge, huge amount, but I've played each of them a few times. Which one do you think I have the best record with? And which one do you think I have the worst record with? Um, given that it's super not scientific, right? It's like some of the decks I've probably played in like the competitive queue. Some of the decks I've probably just played against um, like one of my local friends who isn't super competitive, uh, which will, you know, skew, skew the scores for sure. But uh, maybe as you listen in, you can try to figure out, hey, what, what might be the highest and the worst record so far. Yeah. All right. So if we look at the first deck here, as you said, the first deck is Hippo Primton Growth Midwife. Mm -hmm. So um, so why did I pick this deck? So I guess... Oh, oh go ahead. Go ahead. I what think, do you think? I, I, think I, I didn't know if that was a question for me or not, but uh, I'm guessing you took it because the number one thing that sticks out is the potential Amber at 32 mm -hmm. so that means that mm -hmm. it's this thing is generating a, a different style of racing deck um and the fact that it has a key frog payout like there's at least one key that you can make with that all that amber that you're going to produce it's pretty nice and then like it has the punch pool effect that shadows gives to everything with uh being able to pull a little bit of the amber back if you're in a race with somebody else with the bow nithing and stuff but still not as much as you would want i think but that would be my yeah guess. <laughs> yeah i think i think uh you you, you called it in many ways, right? So when I bought this deck, still didn't have too many Mass Mutation decks yet. I didn't have anything close to a racing deck in Mass Mutation. And I said, hey, maybe, maybe this deck will be fun. And I started looking at it in much more detail. Mm -hmm. um, I almost looked away because it actually has no bonus icons. <laughs> uh, and I was like, why would I want that in Mass Mutation if I'm buying something for fun? <laughs> but I'm like, let me look at it. So yeah, it's got a lot of amber potential. It's got the double uh, Lumalu mm -hmm. and uh, a few beasts. So in theory, those those Lumalus can can get you a lot of ember. It does have a little protection, those double shoulder ids, uh, and a defense initiative. So so maybe you can uh, you can get that off. Um, still tricky, right? As we last episode we talked about. Um, you know, efficiency being in a large part, like, hey, what does the card do when it enters play? Those don't do anything when they enter play, right? They need to survive. Um, but uh, but yeah, then the key frog, and you've got a few ways to kill it, right? You've got your mugs, you've got your look over theirs, you're aware of the ides. Mm -hmm. So um, you can you can burst and then and then forge a key. Yeah. And um, so so there's some there's some interesting stuff going on here that I said, hmm, maybe maybe this is worth worth doing but I, I definitely had a hesitation um 
curious if you could see what my hesitation may have been. Your hesitation in... is that you have no board control. Yep. And uh, yep. to be to to be fair for the listeners out there that don't know, but uh, the, all the links are in the um, in the uh, going to be in the description for this episode. But um, so you know, the Sorian House is basically packing two beware of the Ides, uh, Chant of Hubris, Defense Initiative, Humble, Two Spoils of Battle, Citizen Shrix, uh, Kornikovan, Octavian, Two Gallop Trops, and a Pterodactyl. So the Sorian House there has a lot of big bodies, like which is good to stick on the board sword. What and like you're going to need that because of the lack of board control but you do have the two beware the eyes but those are very selective into basically having to sculpt to hit the thing you want to hit and you people can basically usually play around that to a certain degree so that it's not very uh, reliable as that goes um and then you have spoils of battle which is a great just amber control card um it, it's, mm-hmm. been, it's been a lot better than i expected um, but then in Shadows, he has two look over theirs. he has a mug a ransack vandalize spike trap bow nothing two sh- uh, shoulder ids Subtle auto, a shadow council, and a bone rot venom. Um, so again, you see, like uh, this, this is the pullback that he has with this, uh, with this house is with the shadow council, the bone thing, the two look over there. It's like there's just a little bit of, like for to add to your race, and that you're gonna pull back and push. Um, and then in Untamed, he has Fertility Chant, Lost in the Woods, Reclaimed by Nature, Two Songs of the Wild, um, and then a Dark Fairy, a Fandangle, a Flume, a Ghost Hawk, a Key Frog, and two Lumaloos. Um, so there's a lot of amber burst potential there um, to get moving and, and stuff and get things in, in motion. Um, and the raw amber in the deck is 16 as well, so it's going to push a pretty fast pace, uh, even though it doesn't have any speed or real board control. Um, this is purely like a, I'm going to go all in and glass cannon you, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, then your deck looks really bad. That's the way I, mm-hmm. I, I look at it. <laughs> yes, yeah, definitely, definitely has some of that, right? And mm-hmm. certain matchups are going to be rough, right? You know, big Saurian boards are going to be tough. Um, a lot of Infernuses are going to be in tough <laughs> with the Fertility Chant and all those 16 pips and whatnot. So, um, uh, and most of the ping damage that I just mentioned to kill Keyfrog, like that's basically the creature, creature control in the deck, right? So um, if I'm spending that ping to kill kill Keyfrog, I'm not taking out um, something important on the other side. So it does it does make it a little tricky. Well, Keyfrog is not an instant win here either because, like, you have nothing that really in the house that's going to, like, destroy your frog when you play it. So, that's right. So, like, uh, Keyfrog... Well, a Spike Trap, sure. you know, that's that's the oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, like, yeah. if you have the Spike Trap in, in play, yeah. So, like, it's it's not a very reliable Keyfrog most of the time, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. so it's kind of dangerous. But I think that this deck's win rate would be pretty low because, um, like I said, it's going to win when it wins, but it, it would probably be really rough to get to win or to win with unless you're playing like an adaptive because an adaptive this deck could be tricky enough that uh if you could pilot to win that's great if you don't then you know that your opponent's deck is better so you just have to beat them in their bid um Mm -hmm. and see how much you can tempt them because this is kind of like one of those sneaky like glass cannon decks like where it's like it's not initially like going to come out and just burst 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 but it's going to have a like a sort of like a continuous burst like uh it's going to have a continuous creep uh, effect on the amber that like you're just going to start generating keys because you're playing cards which is uh, okay it's okay mm-hmm. i don't mind it <laughs> yeah yeah no and and uh uh, so this is my first pick this was the one of the first ones that i i said all right you know what i want to buy a bunch of decks from kfpl i'm gonna i'm gonna click this one all right 
So that's an interesting one. All so right. let's move on to the next one. So we have some kind of points of comparison. So the next one we mm. have is Kyriel M. Undershell the Eighth, and in this one is a Logos with casual loop, diametric charge, uh, two eclectic inquiries, um, two lithologicas, a neurosiphon, a forge compiler, a universal key lock, a daimyo bot, and two infomorphs. Um, and then in Sorian, it has Blast from the Past, Two Curse of Vanities, A Monument to Primus, Council Primus, Faust, Neurotosaurus, um, Two Ludos, um, Two Centurions, and One Xenosaur. And then in Untamed, he has Rapid Evolution, Resurgence, Savage Clash, Fangtooth Cavern, uh, Niffle Grounds, Cephaloist, or, or Cephaloist, is that how you say it? Uh, Nar uh, Dark Scary. <laughs> Uh, two attendants, uh, Niffle Ape, a Pismire, and a Amber Spine Mongrel. So that's the card mm -hmm. list for this one. So go ahead and say your piece, and then it, you can ask me what I think about this deck if you want. Yeah, well, so a couple things caught my attention out of the gate. So the the high efficiency, 19, that mm -hmm. caught my eye. Um, the the SAS score was not this high when it was in your, nope. your store, so that did not... Uh, necessarily catch my attention there mm -hmm. um but but it did have high efficiency and it, it did have a decent amount of expected ember um the neo taurus i guess you say i don't know nero taurus however you say it um i didn't have that card yet so that caught my eye i said "Ooh, you know i want to i want to pay more attention to this deck i want to read it a few times right so it's got the neo taurus in theory you can bring them back with blast from the past if your opponent blows them away uh and with the high speed, maybe I can get back to him as well. Side, um, a side prop, uh, Neurotosaurus, Nero or whatever, however you say it, Neurotosaurus. Yeah, I don't know. That, uh, <laughs> that card is an, is an absolute sleeper combo with Barista. So Barista Joya. So just, mm -hmm. just for the listeners out there, I'm going to keep harping on that, that two-card combo. It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to get a deck that has that. I don't I don't have one yet. Um, this is still my only Neotaurus deck. Um, but... Uh, but in the rest of the the lineup in Sarian seem to support it, right? So the double Ludo, double Theosentarian, um, it's got a great suite of cards uh, with Faust and uh, Xenosaurus, Council Primus to just call Sarian mm -hmm. uh, a number of times and uh, with some big bodies and um, get the value out of Neotaurus. So, so that felt real good. Mm -hmm. Um. Also, Fangtooth Cavern, right? So if you've gotten big Saurian bodies, Fangtooth Cavern feels good to uh, to, to pick off the, the small stuff your opponent has. Um, I actually find myself I have to discard those Gloria's Attendants a lot of times, which is a little annoying, um, so that I'm not pinging them instead of my opponent's stuff. But, what's the, what, but what, what, where's the real value of those cards in this? Well, they give you those, those two Ember... Uh, elsewhere but in the it, deck, right? It, so. But it also it also protects your creatures that you don't want to pop if they're gonna pop. It could. Like it your, could be like yep. your Pizmires and your Fangdangles mm -hmm. and whatever else. Amber Spine, yeah. So there, yeah. there's moments where definitely I want to do that. Yeah. Right. So so don't ever just picture Gloria's attendance thinking I'm not gonna need these. You have to be aware of where the Fangtooth Cavern is and what it's doing, and sometimes use them as uh, buffers for your creatures that you don't want to lose. Um, or make your opponent think because you get to play it before the Fangtooth Cavern effect happens. So therefore, they're automatically going to die to the uh, Fangtooth for you. Like your opponent has no way to interact with that. So strategically, that's a, that's not a bad card to hold. And when you know that you have a lot of things that are kind of in the ballpark of being threatened by your own Fangtooth Cavern, um, but that's not always the case. Like discarding it 
probably 90% of the time is the right case, but I didn't want people to overlook that line in case they hadn't thought about it. It's pretty basic. Yeah, it's to me, great but... call out. <laughs> yeah, it's a great call out. Yeah, the um, um, yeah, and, you know, and I am leaning on the Fat and Tooth Cavern a little bit to help with creature control because creature control is low in this deck, 7.7, .7. not as low as the last one. Um, plus, it does have the emergency lever, right? It's got the savage clash um, to to even the board out, whereas the you know the previous deck we talked about did not. Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, it's got a, a decent amount of of key control uh, of, of amber control with the the pismir pismire pismir. I don't know universal key lock, um, a, a host of other small cards that uh, that can help um so but, when, uh, not when, massive stuff when do you find yourself playing the universal key lock the most that's a that's a tricky card i like that card mm. a lot but i find it to be tricky to play so why don't you tell people who are listening and they may be new a little bit about how to properly use a universal key lock yeah so um so i'll I, well i'll caveat this with i don't know that i am necessarily an expert here but i find it so far being most effective when i'm ahead or I've just forged. Um, just forging is the ideal time to play Universal Key Lock, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's good. Yeah. Um, or if I'm on two keys and my opponent's on one, that that's a really good time, right? Because they're trying to catch up, but if they catch up at nine and then suddenly that will cause me to forge at six and win, that that puts them in a hard spot. Um, or or you know I'm already ahead if I forge at nine before they forge at six, I just won. So that that's another another time that feels feels real good. And those are the two best times that you mentioned. Yes, and it it's a bad bad thing to do. Like if you're way behind, uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's a bad card to play unless you're keeping your opponent from making a key, and then you have ways to really come back from it. But a lot of times that becomes a trap for you. So like you have to be really careful with universal key lock, and sometimes you have to just discard it. But like in these instances that uh, Draz Core has. Uh, uh, mentioned, I think uh, he's spot on with that ideal. So mm -hmm. that's good. Um, so my opinion of this deck is that it has 16 raw amber with 20 expected amber, which means that it's not looking to generate extra effects off of like amber off of extra effects. Um, which means there's a lot of static effects, things like Foster Great stuff like that. But I do think you have enough disruption here with the um, the capturing and the in the pips and stuff that you're gonna get some value out of that, um, and you can, as long as your Faust can stick around with the Ludos and stuff like that, you're not overly threatened. Um, I still don't think this deck is blistering great, but like um, it's definitely like I think fun like local level kind of you know tournament quality good. Um, I do like the speed with the double Lithologica. I do like um, the, the double Eclectic Inquiry. I like both of those cards more than I should. Um, the Infomorph is just amazing because you know you're drawing four cards for having two of them, so that's that's good. Um, your pips are pretty well. Um, they look like they're in you know they're in the right places for the most part as far as um, you have four amber, you have one capture and five draw, and uh, it's a bulk of the enhancements are in Sorian and Logos, and that's kind of where you want to live until you're ready to be doing things in untamed anyway so um i think this deck is probably pretty fun and does pretty well like i don't think it's horrible like i don't think it's like i think the other deck is a lot worse like is like more uh unstable and stuff but this one has kind of like a consistency feel to it to where 
the as you play it you're going to see the same kind of things so you're going to kind of know where your deck is going with it so therefore it's probably easier to pilot um and i think that it gives you a more consistent game to where every game you know like what your outs are because you know what you're going to get into as far as drawing and stuff goes but i do think it is a little bit um heavy on the idea that it's going to need that fangtooth cavern in play so that might be a crutch for it and there's yeah and there's no amber or uh, artifact control in a in a meta that is like swimming with sharks so that is true that is <laughs> so, very true but that's my take on this deck i think it's like I, I like this pick this is a solid one yeah yeah it's uh i i've liked this one as well although i've enjoyed all the decks right i you know doesn't it doesn't need to be the best deck in the world for me to to really have a lot of fun playing it yeah. All right. So, is there anything else you wanted to say about this deck? Um, did I did I cover the points that you wanted? Think, to Think. Uh, yeah. I think we hit the the key items. Uh, so uh, yeah. Well, let's let's move on. All right. So we're moving on to the Felicious Math Mathemagician, which is an, mm-hmm. a, a great name. Um, oh, so best this, name of the set. So, <laughs> so this is Disorian and Star Alliance. Um, and in this deck, he has Mark of Dust, two Mind Fires, a Pain Reaction, Stirring Grave. A Waking Nightmare, Essence Scale, a Dark Minion, Inspector, Infernus, Picaroon, Cinder. So you have kind of like a big like list there of dis things, not a lot of repetitiveness. Then in Saurian, you have I, the Axiom of Gris, the Chant of Hubris, the Curse of Vanity, Defense Initiative, Hedonistic Intent, Forum of Giants, Dark Centurion, Faust, Ludo, Egg, Centurion, and Scudum, uh, which is interesting. And then you have the Star Alliance house is Hadron Collision, um, Quantum Flux, Transporter Platform, Commander Drixgar, which is an interesting, cool rare that a lot of people haven't probably heard of yet, Um, Dino Alien, Explorer Rover, uh, Scout Pete, Subject Kirby, uh, Tink, an Axis Denied, and two Blasting Shields. So, um, yeah, this deck looks Mm -hmm. looks really fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the commander Drixar and the two blast shields. Seeing those together, uh, that just immediately and the transporter platform. Oh, those those things together, I was just like, whoa! It almost doesn't matter what else is in the deck um, from a perspective of a cheap deck that you're going to buy. Where I want to I want to play this thing just just to have fun and mess around with that combo. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, right, because I I have bought decks before that just have like one really cool house that's got something interesting going on. The rest is kind of trash and I'll play it to see if like, is that combo and that thing cool enough where I want to um, try to find a deck with it. That's, that's actually good. (laughs) Um, So that alone, I almost didn't need to read the rest of the card to say, Hey, I want to mess around with this. Um, But, um, uh, and I guess maybe since commander Drexar is a rare, maybe we should, Say what it does for a second here. So it says, after an upgrade is attached to Commander Drexar or one of its neighbors, gain one Ember. So you can see where if you have Blast Shielding, which has an Ember when you play it, and also if you use that creature, it moves right to the next creature over. You can just bounce around your two Blast Shieldings around your Kirby's and your Scout Pete's that are next to Drexar, uh, your Dino Alien, and um, um, generate a, a ton of Ember off that. Yeah, and the, that's the interesting thing about the new blaster ruling too is that if you have Drexar decks now with blasters, you can bounce the blasters according to what the ruling is leaning towards. I'll say it's not the mm-hmm. official re- ruling, but they're talking about making it, you know, 
doing this self-referral text again and trying to figure out what it really means and um like in the newest um uh, cast there that they had the crucible cast they were saying that bouncing like a uh, kirby's blaster between new kirby's is legal and it's going to be okay but until it's an official fax i wouldn't uh they already countered that because it used to be that way and then they countered that and now they're saying they're going back to it but until something official happens we won't really know so um it is definitely a point of content for some people in the idea of self-referral text so mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. But that is that is a discussion to be had. But here you have an a, an example of blasting shields just bouncing on their own just by moving because you're doing things. And you basically, yep. like, like you said, if you get a uh, Draxer with two other uh, Star Alliance on either side of him, and then you start bouncing those shields and using your transporter platform to play them again, and oh my God, I could see a huge amber burst potential in that, and um, it, it seems pretty fun. Yeah, it can get silly quick. Now. Now, how easy is it to get to those cards and to get to that thing? I guess that that was the the next question that went through my mind, right? And it's got six point five efficiency. Um, that efficiency is mainly coming from Kirby and Stirring Grave. Mm -hmm. There's a couple other random cards that are counting towards that. That like Sarian Egg, which honestly in this deck I kind of don't want to use because I don't want to discard Drexar or the Blast Shields or the Transporter platform, right? Yeah, so. Yeah. That 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 one's unfortunate. So so I sort of just have to play through cards sometimes to to get to these things. And there's no real archive, so so it makes it a little tricky to sometimes to trigger it. But when you do trigger it, it it's quite strong. So so but I guess what else is in here, right? Because that's going to tell you, hey, do I have enough to keep me alive until I can make this happen? So it's got some good value cards, right? Like we talked uh, essence scales in there, right? So that's a great way to to um, you know blow up my inspectors or dark minions and get some good value um right it's got the infernus it's got a faust ludo mark of disc right we already mentioned kirby so so it's got some good stuff otherwise that can uh that can help it plus just having a legacy scutum can be fun mm -hmm. to, to throw that down on on uh, one of your guys to help out faust mm -hmm. um so my initial assessment of this deck is got 15 raw amber, so yeah, at least you're driving pretty good in raw amber. But um, the art, the art, the amber control that this deck has is not ideal. Um, it's not like the kind that's really interactive. So I think you're going to have problems with uh, controlling your opponent's rush if there is a rush. I think that your expected amber is based completely on your combo, on your Drexar platform setup. And the more cards that you need to perform a combo, the worse the combo can be, even though it's cool when it goes off and it's fun to play when it goes off. This is definitely, to me, a meme deck and one that like wouldn't do very well most of the time, in my opinion because of the fact that um, it's super fun to play when you get it. Like, yes, the, mm -hmm. the entertainment value of this deck is probably super high, but, mm -hmm. but, the, actual, sure. the, but the actual competitive edge value, like if you're going to get playing against those spikes that want to play, like, you know, that are playing for something, um, they're going to probably blow this deck out of water because they're just going to deny you your engine and you're not going to ever get to do anything. So. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got a couple kind of dead cards, right? Like Forum of Giants doesn't really do much here unless you're playing another deck with with low power cards like we mentioned sorry and egg kind of don't want to use it so um and that's one of your ember pips i guess uh, I, I guess playing it you know you can play it to get the ember but you kind of don't want to omni it i guess Picaroon will become an all-star in this deck if you get him between two of the bigger guys at least <laughs> mm -hmm. cinder yeah and something something else yeah 
that could mm. be good. Dark Centurion or somebody. Yeah. But uh, Forum of Giants is a weird bad card. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. uh, I don't think uh, I've seen a deck yet where I've been. Wow, Forum of Giants here is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I haven't seen it yet. I'm sure it's out there. Like every 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 card every deck has its card, right? Like so. With that said. Uh, <laughs> oh, maybe I'll start looking for one. Maybe that sounds like a challenge. <laughs> yeah, it is. Find me one that I, I can go, wow, that's amazing, and I'll be I'll yeah. impressed. But, uh, <laughs> but Form of Giants is just kind of slow, and it's like doesn't really give you the value that you want out of artifacts, I guess is my point. And, like, um, and it can be dealt with, and you can be giving your opponent Amber with it. So um, tricky double-edged sword kind of card. But Definitely. if you find the right deck, it could be super fun. Like if it's like loaded up with gladiosaurs and uh, pterodactyls and, <laughs> hmm? and gigantodons and stuff. Like yeah, it could mm -hmm. be it could be it could be interesting. Maybe Dusulus. Mm -hmm. Could happen. Could happen. Dusulus. Yeah, that might be okay. But that's all I got on your on this deck. Um, yeah. I guess we'll go on and we'll move to HRH Circuits Cornelius. This deck is Logos Sanctum and Star Alliance, and this is the fourth and last deck he picked out for me to look at with him today. Um, but uh, we have Diametric Charge, Electric uh, or Eclectic Inquiry, a Zap, a Fission Blossom, a Mobius Skull, a Kronos, Even Ivan, Morph, Infomorph, two Munchlings, a Tarato, and a Discombobulator, and then uh, Burning Glare. Uh, in Sanctum, it has Burning Glare, two Cleansing Waves, Smite, two Ardent Heroes, two Burnions. Uh, Exvalvador, General Exvalvador, whatever, how you say his name? Salvador, maybe? I don't know. General X. Uh, mm -hmm. And then you had Scrivener <laughs> Fabian and two Seekers of Truth. And then in Star Alliance, you have two Hadron Collisions, uh, Crewman Jorg, Dino Alien, Subject Curvy, Z-Force Agent, which comes with all the Z-Force goodies. There's three extra uh, upgrades in the uh, Tracker, Blaster, and Emitter. Um, Universal Translator and Blasting Shield and Access Denied. Man, I wish this deck had a Transporter Powder. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like you can keep the uh, the Dino Alien and give me a Transporter Platform, and I'd be super, uh, super stoked for this. But... Uh, Overall, though, this deck isn't uh, crazy. It has low amber control, which isn't going to be great. The speed is decent, but not amazing. Um, but there's there is some lines to play on the board here. It is only a 67 SAS. Um, but like there are lines to be played. Uh, the raw amber is a little bit low at 10. Um, but there's a lot going on with the creatures here. And I think that this deck might actually overperform on the board more than some of the other decks we talked about because of the things that are going on. And Ardent Hero is an all-star, so um, that guy has been really good. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, so I think what caught my eye was Z-Force Agent, and I didn't have Z-Force Agent, and uh, yeah, looking at him, I, he seems really cool, not necessarily amazing or, or in any way, right? Because he's, again, back to our efficiency episode, right? He's, he's a little slow, right? You have to get him out, and then you have to fight and you have to have all these upgrades on him, right? Mm -hmm. But thought, hey, this deck might have a, a chance of playing him a few times, right? Because you've got, uh, in addition to the normal Z enhancements, you've got a Blast Shield, you've got Double Ardent Hero to, to offer some protection. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, as you said, right, those are, those, and, those and, are great cards. And, and, and you have ways to make Agent fight out of house with the smites and stuff, so that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's Seeker of Truths. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so there's some things in here that caught my eye. I was like, ooh, you know, it, you know, this might be a interesting deck where 
you know, even if it's not, well, none of these are the most amazing decks in the world, right? But can can get some value out of Z-Force, have a lot of fun with it, and maybe win some games that uh, somebody just glancing at it might not expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other things I noticed, I was like, okay, well, so so it's it can do things with Z-Force maybe. Um, and it's got a decent amount of speed, so 14 efficiency, so it can potentially get to um, can get to the, the Z4 stuff. So that seems cool. But what else does it have? So, um, well, it's got Kronos and five dry icons, and it's got Scrivener Favian and five capture icons. So it's decent for both of those two, uh, which, which is pretty cool. Plus it's got the uh, um, you know, those double ardent heroes to, to offer a little bit of protection and the blast shielding to provide a little bit of protection to those guys. Also has Professor Torado and uh, a bunch of mutants. How many mutants? I think it's like nine mutants, I think is what I decided when I was looking at this uh, <laughs> last night. Um, so, uh, and a bunch of those mutants are right there in logos, right? So you can, you can have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five mutants uh, plus Torado in logos, right? So six, but you can you can have a bunch of those out on the board, slam down Torado, reap, draw a bunch of cards, try to pull in Z Force Agent and some of his uh his his Z enhancements. So um his Z upgrades. So um it seems it, it seemed kind of fun and kinda of interesting. Uh plus a Kurzap to blow the whole thing up. Just as long as I'm not facing a burst deck that's just gonna do all those things before I can do my things. Yeah, so the Krizap is kind of bad here because Sanctum and uh, Mutants don't go together, right? And so by mm-hmm. destroying each non-mutant creature with Krizap, like you're pretty much uh, killing your whole Sanctum board. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> um, my Z-Force. And your Z-Force. <laughs> so like uh, Krizap is kind of scary to me here, but uh, at the same time, it's a good card to have in the Valve if uh, you have a guy mm-hmm. that's denying you board state and like um, trying to build his own, and especially not in Mass Mutations. That's where Krizap really gets its value. Um, because everything that's not in mass mutations probably isn't a mutant. There's a couple examples that there are mutants in other sets, but they're just not as abundant. Um, so it's an interesting, interesting like contradiction there and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, like this deck looks fun. Like I said, it looks like it has its things going for it that are, are fun. Again, I think this is like a shop level fun kind of thing. I don't know if it's serious tournament. I think of all the decks that you've showed us today so far, I think. Uh, Kyriel is definitely the only one that I think I would play seriously. Like if I was going to go be somewhat competitive, I would, that's the one of the four that I would probably want to play. Like if this mm-hmm. was my if this was my sealed pool, and so SAS does do justice to that um, as far as the decks that you've pointed out here and stuff. But um, how how is how's your experience with these four decks? Like, uh, is Kyriel the best deck out of these four? I think so. But yeah, so that definitely has has the best win rate now. I haven't played a huge number of games, right? So it's four and one, which is not enough games to truly be representative. Um, but I mean, that's five games, right? That's that's a decent amount, and uh, um, and it's played nicely in those games to the point where I'm like, yeah, I want to, I definitely want to spend more time with this deck, and um, and play it a bunch more. Um, it might have been. For for whatever reason, might have been the last deck I I messed around with from from these. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna need to spend more time. It's this is the one I have the fewest plays on mm-hmm. of of each of these decks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, that is that is the strongest one. All right. And um, 
But the trickier question is probably what's the weakest one in terms of the win record? Um, weakest one. If I had to pick which one was the weakest, it would probably... Hmm. I'd probably say Hippo. Hippo. So Hippo is the one that we talked about first with the double Lumilu, the big old burst. Mm -hmm. And that is correct. <laughs> yeah, because that one has like like too many things across the boards. And like I think it's between that and Circuits, but I think Circuits has enough engine that like and it's more proper and lined up. Whereas only the Kurzap is really bad in that deck uh, as far as like what you're trying to get accomplished. And everything else kind of synergizes a little bit better. Um, so that I would have to, yeah, I definitely think Hippo would be the one I don't want to play the most. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, yeah. in, and interesting enough, Hippo is the one with the lowest base arc. And I think base arc is a very good start for looking at decks. But um, mm -hmm. but 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 by all accounts, SAS is not the end all be all. You have to play the decks. And as a bonus feature for today's episode, now I'm throwing you a curveball. I, I sent you a deck in in PM. Um, it is oh, called on, it, it's called Daniela Tusu de du Nexus Ambicio. And um, mm. now we know I've talked about Brend a billion times and how my Saurian Egg deck was absolutely amazing, right? And I loved it to death. Um, this is the deck I traded for that Brend. I gave Brend up and took on Daniela here. And um, I want mm. you I want you to look at it and tell me what the strengths and weaknesses of this deck is and how you feel about it now, obviously you see a 4-0 on it so you know it's decent right but uh but this is a, this is a tricky deck and um even though it has a decent sas score at 76 um a lot of the sas categories are kind of low and like weird right like um speed five mm -hmm. uh raw amber seven so um you know there, there's questions immediately some people would pose and be like oh not enough raw amber can't win but i'm going to tell you right now that i've been killing people with this deck this deck is amazing um to play and super fun as well because of the, the, the number of rares so i'll let you do the deck list and you give me the analysis and tell me like why this deck is so good and i'll see if yeah. you miss, if you miss anything all right, let's read through this. So let's go with House Dis to start. We got Grim Reminder, Double Mark of Dis, Whale of the Damned, Waking Nightmare, Screaming Cave, uh, Brabble, Drekker, the Lycofiend, Double Malefacorn, kind of cool, a Trubaru. Then in Saurian, we've got a City State Interest, always great, Humble, Spoils of Battle, Double Library of Polysaurus. We got the Charbidus Scalia Combo. You've got double Consul of Primus, double Concern Octavia. You've got a Ludo in Untamed. We've got Reclaimed by Nature, triple Savage Clash. You know, and and, 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 and and just for reference, the Savage Clash that has pips on it has two damage mm -hmm. pips. Oh, nice. Okay. It goes cool. really good cool. with the double Malificorn. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Like uh, and then if the triple savage class wasn't enough, you have an Emberlution, which is a card I don't own yet. Actually, I should uh, I should look for a fun Emberlution deck. Sometimes that's what I do when I'm looking for decks. I'm like, I don't have such and such a card. What decks got that that uh, is relatively inexpensive? That's going to be fun to play. So it's got Emberlution. It's got the important Fangtooth Cavern. Everybody loves that. Um, a Blossom Drake in case you want to cancel out your Fangtooth Cavern, I guess, uh, <laughs> or haven't played it yet. The uh, Cephalophist, uh, two of them actually. Uh, Iona, uh, it's got a Ghost Hawk and a Niffle Ape, uh, and most of those pips that are spread around are going to be damage pips from the Malphicorns, and you got a few capture as well. All right, so so just rocking and rolling through that list, a few things jump out in my mind as I'm reading this. Uh, so creature control, right? Like just just 
blowing up the board again and again with all these savage clashes with these emberlutions uh it's it's got a serious serious plus the um the malfa uh the malfacorns and all these these eight damage pips spread around you're just gonna be wrecking a deck that is trying to build a board and do something with that board mm -hmm. right so um so, so so it's strong in those sorts of matchups and in this meta, with the way people are rushing creatures with all the mutants and stuff like that, it does mm -hmm. it does have a very good like it basically like this deck goes down early like a key maybe two keys early and then it locks the game and it's game over like once it gets playing mm. so it's uh, well, you, I guess you start uh, screaming cave into your marks of disses is the is pro probably part of the that's that's thought. one that's one that's one tricky like one tricky mm -hmm. line but there's there's a lot more tricky lines here yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. A lot. Well, you got charbitus and scalia right so you can throw those out and now even if they have a a big board it's hard for them to use them mm -hmm. um so the double library of polysaurus i guess yeah i guess you got the city state um if you're if you are pulling stuff in with octavia you you can uh you can pull it back, or you can Council Primus move it to your opponent. Um, the Spoil of Battle, right? That'll, uh, 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 that'll bring an Ember too. Yeah, a yeah. lot of Ember with uh, Spoil of Battle, City State interest. Yeah, and you, so. don't, and you don't know the amount of joy that that brings me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a combo you you are particularly fond of. <laughs> I, I, I mean, the Polyosaurus engine in my deck is absolutely insane. But um, mm -hmm. but the the thing is, is like a lot of times when I run into these decks that are playing like uh, Auto Encoder, crazy like you know Transporter Platform or Quixel Stone, this and that, Blossom Drake comes into the game and he's just ginormous. Like, mm. like uh, I use it to turn everything off, and then I'm just sitting there going, yay, cool. And the best part about it is that uh, something, like, the thing is that Amber Lucian actually gets an insane amount of value in this deck. Can you tell me why? So let's look at that. So um, so Amber Lucian, this is a card I don't own, but I remember the gist of it. So it's Omega. Destroy each creature. Each player reveals their hand and puts each creature from their hand into play ready. Okay. So ready, meaning your opponent is going to be able to use those creatures they played on their previous turn, on your turn, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess you get to arrange their battle line, which could be helpful mm -hmm. um, from a taunt perspective and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and that ends your turn. Okay, so, but what are you going to do? You're going to, well, I guess, so, so we were just talking about the Blossom Drake. So in theory, you can... Um, um, That's a well, no, because you can't do it out of... Uh, out of Saurian, so you can't use your libraries and then Emberlution the Blossom Drake out. But, but um But like let's say early game I set up all my drag my my dinosaurs, right? You gotta kill them, mm -hmm. right? If you don't kill them you lose, right? So now yeah, you now, gonna, now, now yeah. you now you spend your time chasing my Saurians and getting them off the board. So then I go mm -hmm. into dis and I use my dis to basically set up my damage pips and set up my thing. But uh, I also have say Chubaru, right? He stays in my hand, right? He does, definitely doesn't come into play because he's going to take mm -hmm. away three amber from me, correct? And I have Grim Reminder. Mm -hmm. So so as you've worked out all these Saurians and killed them all, I go put them all in my archive. Do you see where this is going? <laughs> so okay. So actually, so this is an interesting interaction. So, so if you've got Amber Lucian, which says put each creature from the hand into play ready, Truburu says you must lose three in order to play Truburu. I'm not playing. How, how does that? I'm not. How does that work? I'm not playing him. He comes into play, and then when he dies, I would get five Amber. That's pretty bonkers. Yeah, but the grim reminder putting all the like Saurian back in or all the untamed or whatever I've played into my archive yeah. 
and then going into Untamed, drawing my archive with all mm-hmm. these all the creatures, and then playing Amberlution. And then Amberlution. That, That's yeah. pretty nice. Yeah, you're chasing me the whole game, and the more times I do this, like the more times I grim remind and do this, like the thinner my deck is, so that I can get to it even mm-hmm. faster. So, like I said, late game this. Like if I get to late game with this, you can't win because Steamrolling. because yeah. yeah because I'm taking amber, putting amber on your guys, killing your guys, keeping the board dead, and like I'm just taking two two to four amber, and like I'm using that amber I take from you as a steal with the polyosaurs, and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Like there's always a way out like in the late game for me. Um, it's just really strong. And then screaming cave lets me recycle the things when I want to recycle. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the reclaimed by nature to deal with the the artifacts I really don't want to deal with, so that Bl- blossom drake comes in and gives me time buys me time to get to the reclaimed by nature um or i use a blossom drake just to be a big body like it's ginormous like with the amount of artifacts i do have and stuff so Mm -hmm. it's like uh i I like this because it's a super toolbox right and like um it's just doing crazy amounts of things and it's so unassuming like when you look at it you don't think about what this deck is doing because no there's no other decks that are playing this kind of style in the meta that i've seen so um if you have one out there i'd be curious like send me a note about it because i would like to look at it because um this deck mm-hmm. is great and i just traded brent for this deck uh, i did a five for five trade with a a gentleman named vincent in france and i'm getting like a brainstem antenna deck which i don't i, didn't, I haven't had one that was decent. oh those are fun yeah, yeah i got one of those i got one of those and uh the first game i played with it i actually put it on a game gi and then the, the, the rest of the game i just kept stealing amber with the game gi because i kept uh using mm-hmm. my, my think drone to uh archive my mindworm that i was playing over and over again mm. so it was just funny Nice. But, yeah, it, nice. Was, it was funny. I could see uh, for this one, Cephalofist actually doing a lot too, because if mm-hmm. you're if you're having a slow start, mm-hmm. you you don't want them stealing away your ember that uh, th- that you're making and and them you know playing a big shadow steal or something mm-hmm. at a coda. So I could see this really helping you yep. set up your game plan. So that's nice too. Yeah. Yeah. This deck just is been absolutely brilliant to play and it's not mm-hmm. it's, it's not bad either when you bring chubaru in with the self voice next to the true that is kind of cool yeah that is and cool. then you get a five amber spike for them killing the chubaru which puts the self voice on anyway <laughs> like lots of like mm-hmm. little like traps like that's why i like this deck like the sherbus and the cilia have been absolutely all-star too um, Those they, are great cards. They just changed the way the game has to be played. Like um, now they can't just reap with Torado and make a thousand. They can do it once, but the, usually the creatures will die to the four damage that Cilia gives them. Um, they can't really fight into me, even though I have big bodies. They can't multiple fight into me because Cherubis gives me that value too. So like, uh, and then when you kill them, they just come right back. Grim Reminder is is definitely scary, and then being able to scream mm-hmm. and cave it back into my deck is even like scarier. So. I don't know, like, mm-hmm. like this is my this is my new jewel. Um, I think this deck again doesn't like it plays way higher than its sass, and it's a 76 sass to start with, so that's a pretty pretty bold statement from me. Um, but uh, this deck has been just a lot better than uh, I had ever anticipated it to be, and I'm really happy that I was able to secure it. Um, in in this trade I made with uh, Mr. Vincent, he did get Brend, which is sad because I did love Brend to death. But I think this deck, <laughs> I think this deck is like very tournament worthy. Like it could take it to a big tournament and do pretty well with it, especially like in mm-hmm. like especially like in something like adaptive where I my, I give it to my opponent and go good luck figuring out all the little in, in, like you know the little intricacies of it because um it it's pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, it does have some weirdness, and and it's got all the tools, right? We didn't really focus on reclaim by nature, but you've got that when you 
you know, you got to wipe out something, you know, you got to write out a uh, wipe out a jar or something. So it's, uh, um, and I could turn the jar off with the Drake. So that way Drake, I could, you could do that too. Uh, so you can't, you can't just, nice. you can't just jar the, the reclaim by nature. And if you did, I don't think I would care. Because yeah. It was the, it's doing its job. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, but like, uh, it's just funny. Like this deck, mm-hmm. this deck has a lot of ways to kind of back itself up and re re uh, play against itself. So yeah, yeah I like it. Yeah. I like it. It's a good find. You could tr- you could try it out if you want. I have the picture there with all the pips. On Sweet. It. Maybe maybe and, I'll mess around with it. Yeah. Anybody else that wants to to take a, a take a unique deck for a ride, I, I highly recommend. It's the fifth link in the uh, in the in the notes for the show. Um, Daniela Tusa de Nexus and Buse, and that means, um, what was it? It was something about like Nexus killer or something like uh, i don't know google it, knows yeah i know I, I that's where i looked it up <laughs> i got that one and i got another one it's like domino terrista something fuzgagazi but it's it translated into like terrorist of the broken arrow like uh so, so it's yeah. daniela ambitious nexus slayer 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 mm. yeah that's what it is yeah. so that's hot, fun i like that yeah She's my new she's my new mistress in, in in this game. She's my new favorite deck. Um, and like I, I encourage people to check it out if you haven't uh, if you get time. Um, she's pretty amazing. Um, she won't be getting sold or auctioned ever. Um, <laughs> I have way too much fun playing it. Um, and I like the dinosaur sweat set like a lot in this one. So, um, I do have other decks like it though. Um, because this is kind of one of those like uh weird archetypes that I I've been looking for. So. Mm-hmm. Br- breaking news if you guys want to try something fun but I, I highly suggest you take her for a spin um she's really fun to play and I, that's kind of like i like doing is finding people to uh, enjoy different styles of decks and this is definitely a different style of deck um and quite honestly it, it once you start playing it it kind of falls into place like after four or five games you finally you'll you'll you'll, you'll see most of the things that you need to see with it and uh it, you'll realize how fun and how uh how annoying this deck is to other people but um that's why I said in adaptive it might be best because um, I think playing it once wouldn't give you you would make mistakes like there's no way that you play this clean the like one time you play it unless you just draw like horribly like sequential which this deck doesn't do very well either so but yeah that's all I got uh, that was my test for you so how, like what did you think of Daniela overall now that you kind of had oh I, I, I like it I like it a lot right like um uh, definitely, I definitely didn't immediately see those things that you you had mentioned with the M. I saw that there was something going on with Emberlution, but um, I I don't even own the card. I had to reread it to remember exactly what it did. So it's one of those things where, at a rare slot like that, if you're in a big tournament, you could be playing against someone who who's a solid player who's like, oh yeah, I, I sort of remember what that does, but not like 100% because it's not a card that people bring all the time. So that can be a good advantage in a tournament as well yeah and any of the decks that are, that you see in my store front quote unquote in, in my deck list because um i keep trying to figure out how to make it fairest for people and i finally realized that like really it's a negotiation process no matter what or who i'm doing it with um if you pick decks that i don't care about then you could easily get any deck off of me for 20 bucks like like the fair you know second second market price like i opened the deck found it for you if it's one that you absolutely love 20 to 30 bucks it should be pretty reasonable because you're not going to just open that deck you know what i mean but um at the same time like um that's I'm, where i'm at by the way when i go buy stuff that's what i'm looking for <laughs> yeah yeah and so my store for you is ideal and for people like mm-hmm. you it's ideal because i'm willing to work around things and if you're a constant person if you come and you're buying multiple things for me i'm going to give you better deals like so i can't really tell you 
Like, I can tell you that if you're going after my top end stuff, the stuff that I love to play, like, you're going to have to bring a dollar amount because I don't get rid of the stuff I love and the stuff that I find competitive um, for nothing. Like, I'm not that guy because I do want to play competitively at some point, so I do like to hold on to the decks I feel are competitive. Um, but for like, if you're a casual player and you're just looking for fun decks or collective collecting you know collectible decks and things like that um my store and z store are both places that you can find gems um we drop a lot of cards we open a lot of stuff and we basically just put it up there half the stuff we don't even look at or play because there, we, we don't have time to find it all so there's always like diamonds in the rough waiting to be found um and um, to have be had fun with so um and you have to also remember that sas adjusts itself quite frequently um mm -hmm. like just last week daniela was only like a 75 and uh <laughs> she got bumped up to 76 and i wonder if that's because we have a sas cap 75 tournament coming on nathan's like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just kidding he doesn't do that <laughs> he's very transparent in everything he does that shifts sas and it's an ongoing uh, process and that's another reason why i say it's not the end all be all but it's, a, it's still an, an awesome tool and getting all these numbers and, and statistical data to look at and, and comp like compare is important but again here's my de my deck daniela it only has seven like raw amber so at first you're just like what and then you look at expected amber it's only 12 right huh? so like yeah did you notice like the expected amber and only the five speed right so at first yeah. glance that this is, this is pretty like, horrible like if it had a crazy high speed maybe you go through it enough times where it's fine but uh at first glance it doesn't it doesn't seem great like you're gonna have to be reaping a lot now you've got good stuff to reap with, but um, but it's only when you start putting the pieces together. Yep. This is because yeah. 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 And, and it's like and it's like based off of amber control and creature control so this is definitely a control deck and the style is control it's not looking to win in the first turn or second turn so giving up a key or two early is not discouraging in this deck like i've been down two to zero multiple times to come back and one easily um because you just have to get to your rhythm and uh, the key to this deck is knowing the threshold and knowing when you're too far gone like when like there are points where opponents can get up on you and you're just like okay there's no way i can turn this around you have to know that and just move on to the next game like that's just kind of like what the trick of this deck i guess is but there is like definitely a sense of like your opponent is gonna usually feel like they're winning um and, and the thing is is if you go out early and you basically get ahead early then it is almost no chance that they can catch up to you so like uh the deck is just weird and um like i said you have to play it to fully understand it i can't uh i, I don't want to keep saying things about it because um it's obvious like some people are going to play it some people aren't but um the deck is absolutely a, a blast to play and uh, we'll continue to do a format somewhat like this where if you have decks you guys want to talk about that have interesting interactions and are maybe not on the radar for the meta um let us know and we'll talk about them um drax score can keep bringing you know tests for me and I'll, I'll counter him with one of my own at the end because uh it's more fun that way but um this yeah. is this is uh like I said this is this is what the show is about. We're trying to basically make it more friendly to listen to for newer players, and we want to try to impart some kinds of knowledge. So having discussions about the cards is fun and stuff, but um, this isn't going to be the, the the norm all the time. And unless there's people out there that want us to do deck looks, so if that is the case, then why don't you just hit me up on a PM? I am Jupiter zero seven five zero like uh, on Discord. Um, you can find me on DOK. I have my store there. It's now called Jupiter's KF. CKM KFPL uh, store so that people know that it's me um, at Jupiter and uh, and uh, basically we're going to see what happens um, with that with this process and trying to see 
if we can not get people decks that they want or need at affordable prices um that's my goal um there you go and so like i have decks like my lower end decks like lower sas decks that i don't i have no zero care about i would sell as low as seven dollars a piece so like there's plenty of uh things to be looking at and to, to find i'm in the process of now trying to put labels of prices on all those so that people know better like where they are and what they are so um just take a listen for that another way you could support me too is if you want to support me is even though i don't do patreon i just noticed on anchor there is a um a section where where you can support my podcast and anchor is the one thing I do for myself um, all the time. So um, if you wanted to support my podcast, that would be wonderful. I would be appreciative of it and uh, make sure that, uh, you know, things go well because that's, uh, that's good. Uh, that's all I got, I guess. Uh, what do you got? Yeah. Anything else for? Yeah. For... I, you know, just, just one last thought popped into my mind before, before we say goodbye. Um, Cause you mentioned, uh, you know, we, we talked about reading decks and we mentioned, Hey, don't, don't just blindly accept SAS. So if you're, you know, maybe a newer player and looking, you actually pull up these four decks. You might've said, well, the, the one that you said was the best was the one with the highest SAS, right? So that's obvious that's the best one it's like well actually when i bought these decks that did not have the highest sass actually the hrh circuits cornelius had the highest sass when when i when i made this purchase so um um that has since gone down and uh uh Kareel undershell has gone up so maybe it just reinforces like hey if you read the decks you think about think about how how it might play um and you see something good in there, hey, you might be right, and that might come up in rating, and other decks might come down. So read the deck list and, and uh, consider consider how it might play. It's my last little, last little gem. Yeah, all right. Well, that's all we got for this week, and we will catch you guys next week as we continue to do some more meta talk and just talking about cards and power and, and, and play lines and strategies and stuff. Hopefully you like it. Um, it's kind of fun with me to listen to Drascore and just kind of bounce ideas back and forth. Um, it's not scripted, so other than the, like he picks out what he wants to talk about, and then we kind of come in and like I, I just listen and, and kind of piggyback off of him and stuff to see if maybe he can learn something if i can learn something if you can learn something if somebody learned something it was all worth it so thanks again for tuning in this is jupiter from manliest new york don't forget to check out our new event coming up on december 5th and um come help support uh, doctors without borders um we would be excited to have you and uh, hopefully we hit that that mark soon of a uh, hundred plus people um and we'll be once we hit 120 i think we're, we're talking uh, not official but i think we're talking about even making it so that the top 16 get paid out like a bigger tournament so um should be fun should be good and it should be well worth worth your investment anyhow because it's something to do online and you get to play keyforge like all day with a bunch of people who love playing keyforge so yeah doesn't get much better than that <laughs> all right so we're out we'll talk to you guys next week all right thanks guys Thank you for tuning into the podcast. And if you'd like to be part of the conversation, reach out to us at KeyForgePremierLeague at gmail.com and join the show. Without you, we couldn't be us. Check out www.KeyForgePremierLeague.com for links to all our content, including learn to play videos and critique on gameplays. No matter what your level is, you are always welcome. Be a part of it. The KeyForge Premier League. Get there.